Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. In a world where action movies are constantly exploding at the box office, our heroes take on the monumental task of dissecting and analyzing all aspects of action movies to truly understand what it takes to make a great action film. Ben Bateman, Andrew Guy, in a Popcorn Talk Network exclusive, this is Action Movie Anatomy. Where's the explosion? Welcome to the show. We just made Welcome the, to the show, guys. That was explosive. That was explosive. Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies and all things movie-related. I am your host, Ben Bateman, joined today by the man with the plan in the purple shirt and no tie, Mr. Andrew Guy. What's up? I love this movie. I'm ready to talk about it. I'm excited. We're back to our roots. We use Two this movie as, a, as the basis for one of the categories. Yes. One of the categories, which yes. is totally legitimate, is The Fugitive. And we used to try to say Die Hard. But we decided to change yeah. it because it made us laugh too much. Now this is the movie. It's the fugitive. Let's see what happens. Let's see at the at the end of the episode. We're still on the same page as we've been for the last twenty six yes. episodes. It's like a true like it's seven Academy Award nominations. This movie is a classic by all people's metrics. It's twenty two years old. It holds up extremely well. Dude, I can't believe I didn't know that Tommy Lee Jones won Supporting Actor for this. I didn't even know he was nominated. We'll get into why that's a little bit embarrassing. Uh, yeah. Though he's incredible. Oh, he's phenomenal. He's the best part best of the movie. Best part of the movie. Yeah. But the, some of the roles that he beat out, it's a little bit like... Yeah, it's not a little... quite sure what you guys were thinking. Very surprising, um, to say the least. Nonetheless, uh, this is Action Movie Anatomy. We do action movies on this show. We break them down. They are usually made after 1981, and they basically refer to four... Basic rules. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we break the rules. We often break the rules. But we'll you know, explain it if we do. Uh, rules are made to be broken, Ben. It's <laughs> a good line. Did you come up with that yourself? I did. I just wrote that right now. Just in your head? Yeah. Write it down. Don't I'm, forget it. I forgot. You, there's a thing that says five stars. You want to put it in your five star category? <laughs> I'm write that down real quick. Uh, rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people or things or beings or uh, dinosaurs, whatever, in the room. Uh the movie is driven by a police, military, or political figure. We sort of changed that one. It's now police, military, mercenary, or political figure. And political refers to he is either the man or works for the man. Right. So you could be an MTA operator and still be in it. <laughs> I wonder why we changed that rule. <laughs> and the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. Now, one of the ones that we wanted to sort of bring up today is that in this movie, there isn't really a notable villain. There's... Yeah. There's a villain that you don't know is the villain until the last 20 minutes, but he's just not a good villain he anyway. Just, yeah, he like fills a piece in the puzzle. It's it's really just like all about a hero and an anti-hero, an antagonist and protagonist. But he's not a bad guy. So, because Tommy Lee Jones is kind of also a protagonist. Definitely. So, it's funny because like this, it's like, we should almost change the hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room to the two main characters. Like, yeah, but then you just start, to, it just gets murky, you know? Like, would you say that Tommy Lee Jones is the antagonist? I would say he's the antagonist, but I would also say that Dr. Nichols is the other smartest guy in the room. Because he set it all up. Because he set the whole thing up. Because he's brilliant. so cunning. He's so cunning. And just he's got to that, sell drugs. He's got that like slightly European accent. It oh, makes yeah. him no, so got, much more... I've got the perfect recast. <laughs> he's like a Bond villain. He's a total Bond villain. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he does fine. He knows how to manipulate plutonium, probably. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's on his resume. 
Yes. Um, okay. So anyway, the, we, we haven't officially changed that. There's probably a chance that that could be changed. I don't right. really know. It's going to change all of our rules. Yeah. If you guys were like super into that. So I, I do want to get to the trailer right now yeah. and, and do all that. But before we do it, we just want to remind you guys that this is the Popcorn Talk Network. There are a bunch of shows in the Popcorn Talk Network. There's some brand new shows. There's Anatomy of a Movie, which comes out every Friday and covers brand new movies. There's our show. There's a video game anatomy, video and movie anatomy. Yes. Uh, there's also a couple new shows, Historic Hollywood, if you're really into like old school movies and old school directors, you want to know more about that, that's new. Disney Movie News, the network is exploding right now, there's all kinds of cool new stuff, so check that out. Also on iTunes, we have been promising to make these action movie anatomy mugs that we're going to be giving away. We've got the design. Yeah, the mugs are now, the mugs are basically now ordered, and we just are giving our last one away today, because we, we hit 20 finally. Yeah. Reviews on iTunes. Amazing reviews. Thank you guys so much for them. Yes, so we will share the final, the final mug winner at the end of the show today, um, and some other exciting stuff to bring up in a minute as well, but before we do, I think we should watch the trailer for The Fugitive. Let's do it. And riff on it a Not little a bit. good trailer. No, but 1993. What are you gonna do? In a world. One man with his back against the wall. <laughs> it's a good voice, right? It's a good one. That's yeah. good. His beard is sweet. Ugh. Where's my wife? My wife, my family. I'm not leaving without my family. What about my family? <laughs> Get off my plane. I love the sound bites. Like, yeah. Makuga was Makuga was trying to get me to come out last night. And he texted my buddy. He's like, he's like, tell Bateman, uh, come out or I'll fucking kill him. <laughs> fucking kill him. <laughs> Say the cage voice. <laughs> oh, that episode was just hilarious. Yeah, I think it's good we got back to a two man episode after that madness. After we just just basically just did the John Travolta, just yeah, the high pitched fuck like, like fifty times. Just became NC seventeen in the course of like ten minutes. Yeah, there was nudity. Yeah. I exposed myself under the table. It was horrible. God, he's sweet. He's so good. Yeah. I can't believe he won an Academy Award for that. It's it's like super iconic though, in the sense that. No, look at that. It's super iconic in the sense that it's uh, like. It's like the character that so many characters are based on now. Oh, absolutely. Which you know? is funny because he was based off of the uh, Colonel in uh, Les Miserables, I believe. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that part. You must have you must have done some research for this or something. I worked on the film. <laughs> I was five. I like when he's shaving. Show him shaving. Yeah. Shaving is intense. <laughs> Carefully, you might cut yourself. <laughs> I loved the I loved how the DVD. I also loved how low quality the Wait, DVD we watched was. Why cutting between their names and him shaving and them looking for him? So it's hilarious. Uh, what about the DVD? I just loved how like you we. Oh, that was it. That was that the whole trailer. That's the whole trailer. Wow. You bought the DVD last year Can't when we wait were to like, watch it. Best Buy or something, and it was like a two pack that was like it was like U.S. Marshals and the Fugitive four ninety nine. Yeah, but like definitely not HD. Definitely in <laughs> no. in no way like a deluxe feature. Like so bad, so so much so that like the special features of the film were just included on the front end of the cut. Yeah, like not even a menu. No, no, we no, like pushed play. Yeah, and like I love that the special features are just like uh, the director Andrew is it Andrew Jackson Andrew Davis just yeah. sitting there on an old school phone. Like, Be- bugging Tommy Lee Jones. And they're, like, talking. He's, like, watching the movie right now. Tommy Lee's, like, oh, yeah, these credits are pretty cool. Yeah. He's, like, <laughs> those are some nice credits you got there, Andy. <laughs> he cuts to, like, Harrison, and he's, like, I think the thing I remember the most fondly about this film was working with Tommy Lee and the relationship we had on yeah. film. Like, <laughs> it's just, like, and that's, like, in the movie. It's not even a special feature. I like when they're also trying to queue up. He's, like, Lee... 
Jones. You got Jones too? Okay, good. We're synced. We're synced. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, but, uh, anyway, that, that, that was the trailer for The Fugitive. Definitely, definitely is pretty grip, sweet. gripping. The movie's gripping. I wouldn't Grip. call the trailer gripping. Uh, I don't know. That was gripped. Yeah, that's amazing, the evolution of these trailers. Yeah, it, it really is incredible to see. Like, that used to get people to watch movies. People were excited. Now trailers are, like, incredible. Yeah, they have to be. They have to be amazing. Have you ever watched the trailer for Edge of Tomorrow starring Tom Cruise? I haven't. You'll have to show me sometime. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story. Yeah, like uh, Inception 2, <laughs> yeah, uh, Dark Knight, Edge of Tomorrow. Those are some of the absolute greatest. Star Trek and 1. Star Trek 1, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Love the Star Trek 1 trailer. Congo. In Diamond Mind, the incredible bounty. The Lost City of Zinj. <laughs> the same arrow clip explained over and over. All right. It's a two-man eight. show. We're rambling. Um, <laughs> we're we're just trying to fill time. We don't know what we're talking about today. <laughs> we're going to get into fist pump moment and uh, thesis and all that in just a second. But before we do that, there's a couple things that we want to share. Yeah. Uh, and one of them is that we're in the 21st century now. We have a Twitter. The Action Movie Anatomy Twitter is official. It is. It's uh, at AMA Podcast. I, I don't really know like how many of you guys that watch this or love the show are on Twitter. Uh, until I was in media, I didn't have a Twitter. I yeah, same. Like I Twitter. got one for the show. If, by the way, if Action Movie Anatomy Podcast passes my followers in one week, yeah. I'm going to be very upset. I think you should prepare to be upset. I think I should, too. <laughs> you have, like, nine followers. I got 92. Ooh, Ooh, wow. It's only been six months. Me. <laughs> uh, so, guys, we have a Twitter. It's at AMA Podcast, and uh, we, we've tagged, I think, a couple of you, a couple of the super fans. I think we follow you. Yeah. But uh, we're, we're going to have a contest here. So the deal is this. This is cool. I'm, I'm happy with this. I this think this is a great idea. It's better than giving away mugs, phantom mugs, all of which are going to be shipped, I promise. Um, They're just going to be Dixie Cups with our label on them. Here's a list of ten movies, guys, and this is the way this is going to work, all right? Prepare yourself. Wait, hold on, 60- hold on. Break, tell them what they're doing first, so that way they can... Okay. Yeah. If we can get to 100 Twitter followers on the Action Movie Anatomy Twitter, so AMA Podcast, if we can get to 100 Twitter followers in the first week this thing is alive, by next week's show, if we're at 100 Twitter followers... Yep. We are going to choose one of these 10 movies determined by a randomly selected Twitter follower. So we're going to select your name. You're going to choose one of these 10 movies. You're going to tell us to do that. We will prepare it, do it like normal. Yep. And we will share your recast, your fist pump moment, your thesis statement, your favorite line. And a picture of your family. <laughs> your family. Your family. And which category. So you will prepare the five things we prepare, just like you're a guest, and we will share all of those, all of your choices at the end of the episode and give you the shout-out and the credit. It's like you get to be on the show without having to drive all the way to Northern Hollywood. Yeah, and we're technically insufficient, but if it's possible, we can figure out a way to have you call in. We'll do that, too. But yeah. we have to check to make sure we can do that. But if we can do that, we'll do that. If not, we'll just share everything. So here's the list of the ten movies, guys. We'll repeat this again at the end of the show. Gone in 60 Seconds. Face Off, The Edge, pick The Edge, please, Commando, True Lies, Fast and the Furious 1, Crimson Tide, The Last Samurai, Die Hard 3 with Vengeance, and then Mystery Movie, which is you don't want to choose any of those nine, and you get to let us determine what movie to choose, which is what we do every week. But right. uh, It's it very will... <laughs> exciting when you say Mystery Movie, though. Yeah, you can do, like, it's your Mystery Movie. Yeah, we're not doing Clue. No, we'll find something good. So that's the contest, guys. We, we have one week to get 100 Twitter followers, and if we can do it, we'll do it. And, uh, you know, if we fail, then we'll come up with something else. So yeah. uh, let's get into the show. Sure. Um, so we're going to go right into, uh, what? Thesis statements. Okay. Yeah, this is, a, this is an exciting one for me. Yeah, I, I feel pretty 
pretty happy about mine too, but you might have already heard it on a different episode. Yes. Do you want to talk first? <laughs> yes. Or? I almost just stole yours. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to go first. My, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll do mine. So uh, I don't know if you guys saw the Minority Report episode, but halfway through it, essentially, I kind of dropped a way better thesis than I had originally, which is that Minority Report is the fugitive set in the future. Think about it. Set in the future. In the future. Anderton and Kimball both are wrongfully accused for a crime that they did not commit. Right. They have to go on the run. They change their appearance. Right. Which is the eyes and the beard. Right. Uh, they both break back into their place of work to get things that they need. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, they both embarrass and confront the villain. Yep. Which is uh, Max von Sydow and... Uh, what is this guy's name? <laughs> the guy whose name is written the down the last page. on the last page because we don't really care. Uh, I just wrote Nichols. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Nichols. Um, you can just call him Dr. Nichols. Yeah, at a, at a um, ceremony honoring them. Yes. So you look at it, they're like the exact same movie. Now, here's the beauty of your thesis statement and my thesis statement. They're very closely related, but they're totally different. Oh, what, does that mean that Tom Cruise is involved? Yes. <laughs> yes. We did it, guys. We brought him on somehow. We, uh, but by the way, just before I get that, just remind... Uh, official Twitter for hashtag Action Movie Anatomy podcast on the Popcorn Talk, hosted by Ben Bateman Media, Andrew Guy, and the spirit of at Tom Cruise. Yes. That, <laughs> did you even know that was there? I did. I saw that last <laughs> night. And I just lost it. It was very good. Yeah. He's unofficially become the, he's like the mascot of the show, which makes me really happy because I didn't intend it to be that way when we started the show. He's definitely the mascot of the show. Like, it kind of happened on accident. Yeah. Yeah, but in an awesome way. So, my thesis is this. Okay. There are two action heroes who are... The all-time greatest. And that's right. Tom Cruise and Harrison Ford. And when I say that, it's because, like, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, they're action stars, but they're genre picture stars. Right. So they make movies that are this one kind of movie. And they look like superheroes. Yeah. They're not know? really able to play the kind of characters that these guys can play. Absolutely. Now, the hilarious part is that on the one hand, you have Cruise, who is... In, he can't play the everyman. No, he's still always a superstar for some reason. Yeah, like in, if you think about like War of the Worlds, yeah. he's he's like trying to be the everyman. The guy's like, "What's your problem?" And he's like, "I can think of five or six women who can tell you." Like, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, like there's always. Well, what about him in uh, in Last Samurai? Yeah, he's like, kind of like drunk and kind of like. He's but he's still close. a superhero. Yeah, he is. You can't you see Tom Cruise can't yeah, play no, the everyman. He, he can get close. Right. Jerry Maguire, like he's close. But there's no Kimball like characters. No, like this is. Harrison Anyone Ford, on the yeah. other hand, is the absolute everyman. He's the right. other half of the – he's the other side of the coin. So the beauty of it is that if those are the two halves, they did the same movie, one of which was like a sci-fi thriller where he's like running around and like jumping from like floating cars. Right. And the other one, instead of like changing his eyes out, he's he just like shaving really intensely. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm good at shaving. Yeah. And he's like, ah, look at my – Sweet bicep, but he's like, you know, dude. Harrison Ford was jacked, but like nineties jacked, nineties jacked, like diehard, like diehard, yeah. like McLean jacked. It's like he works out sometimes, probably. Yeah. Like it's it's very. I, I have a feeling that in the nineties it was intentional. Like, yeah, they, of course, it was like exactly what they were going for. Yeah, it wasn't like, like you want to look like you're in shape, but you don't want to look like you kick someone's ass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, my so my thesis after that long winded explanation was <laughs> after I was talking about Harrison Ford without his shirt on. <laughs> if there are two ultimate action heroes of all time, mm-hmm. this is the representative movie of the spirit of the most relatable everyman action hero ever made. This right. is this is the movie. This is the movie that shows you who the greatest everyman action hero ever is. And that is Harrison Ford. And yeah. that is basically as Kimball. It's like, he's just unassuming and he's like... 
Right, like he's so intelligent and he knows what he needs to do, but he doesn't know how to do it. Right. So he's like kind of figuring it out along the way. He gets caught up a few times. He barely gets away a few times, but it's all believable. Yeah. There's never moments in this movie where you're kind of like, oh, well, he wouldn't be able to squeeze through the door in time. Or, oh, he wouldn't jump. I mean, the waterfall and the yeah, aqueduct, yeah. you're like, maybe. Right. Uh, oh, Nicholas Phoenix just followed us on Twitter. That's our first one since we since we announced the contest. If you want to go ahead and follow at Andrew Guy on Twitter, <laughs> I would appreciate <laughs> anybody the that get, Anybody gets the follow right now, I'm going to give the shout out. Yeah. Phoenix. Phoenixes are sweet. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they, they are? Yeah, they so are. So are centaurs. Yeah. Is, is his last name centaur? No. All right, fair. We're getting too clever here. All <laughs> right, um, that's my thesis statement, so let's get into fist pump. Oh, yeah. So you go first on this one. I love my fist pump. I'm excited about mine, too. Yeah? You're watching this movie. You're totally in it. You're like, this is really engaging. You're like, oh, my God. You know, what What great uh, characters like Tommy Lee and, and Harrison, they're chasing each other. Um, and it gets to the end. And you're like, this doesn't – in some ways, this feels more like a thriller than an action movie. And right. then he gets into a fist fight with Nichols on the roof of the building. A classic yeah. 90s fist fight. He's basically – he's like, he's like, you killed my wife. Punch heavy, you in the face. Heavy blow. Yeah, yeah. heavy blow. Then it's, like, then it's like uppercut. Punch you in the stomach. Push you into a table. Grab you by the shirt. Yeah, punch you it's, again. It's classic like two dudes that don't know how to fight just duking it out yeah. in the 90s. Yeah, like flash forward a few years and Harrison Ford is doing this as the president in Air Force One. It's the exact same it, thing. It literally is like grabbing him by the call. Yeah, it's yeah. great. 90s action heroes did not have special skill sets that made no. them like a, a nightmare for people like you. They didn't have skill sets that meant like... And that guy knows how to handle himself. Why would I know that? But I like they don't right. have no, those things. No, they just things. try harder. And they just mad enough. They throw punches. Yeah, and then they like they're like really good at having like a like a slightly torn white collared shirt with a little blood coming yeah, out of here, like, or like a little cut on their nose. And their hair's kind of ruffled up, yeah. but they've just kicked someone's ass, and now they have to like run from, to the next location. That's like '90s action heroes to a T, and that's what he does in this movie. Uh, yeah, no, because yeah. that's the, that was the moment when like we're sitting there, we're like, this movie's totally legitimate, but this part is fucking hilarious yeah because it was it's it's just it is the 90s it's great it's that was perfect. my fist pump moment just like the music throughout oh yeah yeah do, do, boom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. so my fist pump moment is it's a heartfelt moment oh i know which one it, i i loved this moment it's too. a great moment yeah, so it's when he's in the hospital and he's like looking out for number one he's he's in there as the janitor he's got the fake id he's right. trying to figure out about the prosthetics which is genius yep um and then he gets asked to take that kid down to surgery and he already knows that something's not right. So he looks at his chart. He starts talking to the kid. I think the kid's name is Joel, yeah. which is his real name in uh-huh. real life. Um, and he goes and he changes the order, saves the kid's life, and he puts his real signature on it. I love it. It's just like the everyman, the true good Samaritan. He's a hero. He's a, hero. Yeah. He's a truly good guy. And that's what you – you see that throughout this movie many, many times. Oh, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones starts to kind of figure it out. He's like, this guy's a good guy. Do you know that like um, every single one of his peers respects him? Right. Everyone looks up to him. No one will sell him out. No one has anything bad to say about him. And he's going to save some dude's life, kid's life. And he didn't shoot me when he had the chance. And he didn't shoot me when he had the chance. Um, yeah, yeah. I completely agree with you. Did you know that in the original cut of the film that Julian Moore is a much larger character? Yes, and, and that's he, why she's billed so high. Yeah, and he goes and he sees her later, and and he kind of seeks her out because she was helpful. Right. They, and don't they kind of start a relationship? Yeah. He like falls for her, and they cut all the scenes from the movie, which is funny because that's why she's billed like fourth or fifth. Yeah. Uh, Jane Lynch was kind of the same thing. Oh, did she have a bigger role? Uh, kind of, but he was supposed to come back to her again. So yes, a little bit larger, okay. but it was the same thing. Is they thought that they should have romantic interest in one another. Interesting. Which. They didn't say it for the Julianne Moore thing. They said it for the Lynch thing. It's right. just like it didn't fit because this guy's out trying to avenge his wife. He's going to already meet a new chick. Right. Yeah. So I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, agreed. It's right. interesting, though. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's the fist pump moments. Should we, uh, should we get into just like star breakdown maybe? See what these guys are at in their careers? These sweet, sweet places in their careers? Yeah, I mean, Harrison Ford, who has already been a complete powerhouse and yeah. killing it, goes on to do even more. You know what yeah, I mean? this like is the, this is like the eye of the storm for him because yeah. like seventy seven is Star Wars and then I believe eighty seven is Jedi. I want to say I'm so bad. With might those be eighty six actually. Yeah. I think it's I think it might be seventy. Oh no, eighty three. I don't know. I'm jumping all over the place. And then he just finished all of the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, because Last the, Crusade is eighty nine. Yeah, and Patriot Games ninety two. Presumed Innocent nineteen ninety. You've seen Presumed Innocent? I haven't. Sweet. Is it good? Yeah. It's yeah? Good. yeah. Okay. It's totally good. Um, and then Patriot Games is like just like more of that. Like I just believe him as that character, just yeah. like dead on. Um, Does he ever play a role that's just like no, unbelievable? Harrison. Yeah. I think when he got older and he started taking on like more sort of like interesting parts, mm-hmm. like less just like Denzel as Denzel, Harrison right, Ford, right. Harrison Ford. I think I started to believe a little less. You know. Yeah. Like not. I don't know. Just. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I totally understand what you're saying. Some guys hit this point where we were sort of talking about this, the everyman thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's great right up until the point where it's, like, not believable anymore. It's, like, not physically believable right. anymore. You kind of lose it. Yeah, and it's just harder. You it's have like, to change. Almost, like, Denzel and the Equalizer is almost that. Yes, exactly. You know, it's very close. You have to start playing. Oh, look at this. We got, another we got another one. one? We got Nicholas Phoenix, we mentioned. And we have EJ Martinez, book reader, movie watcher, scruffy-looking nerf herder. I love it. Weird guys, reference. I haven't gotten one on my Twitter. Witty banter? Well, you just inspired some witty banter. Look at that. Thank you for the follow, sir. Um, let's uh, let's let's continue down the list. Yeah. So yeah, so so Patriot Games presumed innocent, presumed innocent. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I would definitely say Harrison Ford was killing it, and then obviously, and then he goes on to be just nuts. Air Force One, Fugitive Air Force One. Yeah. yeah, I think is frantic. Is that the one where he loses his wife? Where he loses Where's my his wife? wife? Yeah, is that like mid nineties somewhere? I don't know. I didn't see that. 95, one. I think. Was it good? Frantic? Yeah. yeah it's, sorry. We have clips later that we'll show that are like from Frantic. Oh, yeah. That's the whole, like, you have my wife's suitcase. Yeah. Uh, like that whole thing. He sounds like Mark Quinn when I do his voice. You do. Yeah. Mark, shout out. Big, big shout out to Mark Quinn. <laughs> um, so uh, so then you look at Tommy Lee. I want you to talk about that while I read these comments real quick. Um, Tommy Lee, this is a good one. So three most recent hits, House of Cards, 1993, Under Siege, 1992, JFK, 1991. Now, House of Cards... Am I the House of Games is what I'm thinking of. What House movie? of Cards is the TV show. Yeah, but what yeah. is the movie House of Cards? Do you know? I just pulled it. Yeah. Do you, do you mind looking it up? Yeah, I'm, no, curi- I'm curious about it. I feel like I feel like I actually know what that movie is. Now, Under Siege is great. Under Siege. Uh, I love Under Siege. Totally. I, Big fan. Well, because the director, you pulled this. You pulled this stuff here about the director that he worked with. Seagal. He got Seagal his uh, his debut on Deadly Ground. Is that what it is? Uh, Above the Law. Yes. Is yeah. that? I can't remember exactly what the name of it was. It's one of the two. <laughs> on Deadly Ground. Above the Law. Yeah, Above, Above the, the Law. law. Above yeah. the Law was the very first Steven Seagal movie, and then he went on to work on Under Siege. Right. With so Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, and that's like Tommy Lee and Under Siege. It's. Is Busey in that also? Yeah, dude, that movie's so good. Under Siege? Yes. Oh, yeah. We should have put that on the list. I know. Okay. Maybe we should make that be the mystery, mystery movie. Mystery movie is yeah. no longer mystery movie. Mystery, <laughs> mystery movie, movie is Under Siege is now, 1. You can now choose Under Siege 1 if you if you are the selected Twitter follower if we hit the 100. Um, just for the record. So, uh, yes, I think Tommy Lee is sweet. He has, like, I'm pretty sure in Under Siege he's got, like, the, uh, doesn't he have, like, the, like, the leather jacket? And he's, like, kind of, like, crazy! <laughs> yeah, he's, like, like, a rocker. He works for, he's in a band. Yeah, he's, like, a rock band. 
Yeah. He honestly just sounds like Two Face without the makeup on. Yeah, completely. Yeah, it's and then awesome. He just like he was, they were like Tommy Lee is sweet. Tommy Lee is sweet. Let's make him Two Face. Oh, that was the worst idea that's ever yeah. happened. They have a sweet knife fight in Under Siege. Yes, one of the best knife fights. The, like, Under Siege is great. Under Siege is like total. It was total... like one of my favorite guilty pleasures as a kid because not only did you see like the hot Playboy model naked, uh-huh. which sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was just, it was just like a lot of cussing, a lot of like gnarly, like yeah. gore. Like it was the perfect like kids badass action movie. And Seagal is like your, he's like your classic. Like doesn't say more than he has to. Doesn't move like more than six inches Brooding. at a time, but kills everybody. Aikido master snaps many necks. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like MacGruber is based mostly on the cheesiest versions of these movies. It's based oh, yeah. less on, it's based less on the good ones, like like the fugitive. Oh, it's yeah, based no, no, way no. more on like Under Siege and like Rambo first, like like Rambo three. And like those kind of things. Such a bad movie. My life is here now. Um, we're going to do McGruber on the show someday. We will. We're just waiting for Will Forte. <laughs> yeah. That's like, all we want. We hope we can get Forte to come in here and do it with us sometime. So uh, that would be amazing. Yeah. JFK. I have seen JFK, though I don't really associate that movie as like a Tommy Lee Jones movie. Yeah, not quite. I mean, he's good in it. Yeah. I don't think. He's good in most everything that he does other than. Yeah. The nice man. thing about him is that in the way that he and Harrison Ford both sort of aged and got to this point in their career where they had to take slightly they were a little older you know they had to take those roles yeah Tommy Lee did a great job taking those roles like he chose really good stuff and he continued to do great work mm-hmm. No Country coming no, to mind obviously. No Country he killed it um, what's it The Valley of Allah what's that one was he in Abraham or Lincoln too I didn't ever see Lincoln. I didn't either, but I think he's in it. Yeah, I think you're right. But he continued to do good work for quite a while. Whereas Ford, it seems like he has chosen sort of strange, more like stranger projects. Like, yeah, then he just kind of just doesn't. He just doesn't do it as much anymore. I mean, until now, which is you know everyone's dying over Star Wars. Yeah, you know I sold him a bag when I worked at Nordstrom years ago. Or tell you oh, story. really? Was he cool? He was just really quiet. Yeah, like. This. It seems like he could be a dick, but but I don't think he actually is one. I think he's just in his own world. He wasn't rude. He was just extremely, like, he kept to himself. Yeah. Um, this was, like, probably eight years ago, seven or eight years ago, when I was living in Seattle still, and it was, like, a Toomey bag, like a Nordst- like a uh, computer bag. Like, mm-hmm. the same bag I actually own now. Okay. Um, but he just didn't say very much, and I helped him for maybe 15 minutes, and everybody in the store was like staring over everybody was like yeah just so couldn't... jealous though i was like i was helping harrison ford right he was on top of the world then. yeah i mean well maybe not eight years ago but he's still harrison ford he's harrison freaking yeah. ford i mean I like see, i don't see frantic on here what's panic frantic 95 something like that panic frantic was there a movie that has some title like a one-word title the like client a... no, are you looking at tommy lee or harrison ford i don't remember anymore i'm looking at tommy lee no he, that's harrison ford's in frantic Tommy, oh, I thought you were talking about... You were right, House of Cards. It. House of Cards, remember? Yeah, yeah. Um, gotcha. Anyway, so so the the bottom line of that is that Harrison Ford is gruff and intense, and he sounds pretty much in person, just like he does. He's a real-life action hero. Just like he does in movies. Um, so, production development. Let's talk about the script. This is pretty funny, actually. The guy that wrote this movie, Jeb Stewart, yeah. also wrote Die Hard. Crazy, right? It's a good movie, I hear. Yeah. He wrote Die Hard and The Fugitive. Like, that's two of the five, like, most iconic action thrillers of their era. Yeah. He wrote them both. And then he went on to... Well, here's the funny part about that, though. So he wrote both movies, but in both cases was sort of marginalized, like, in the in the accounts that we read right, about it. Right, right. In this movie, there's a lot of, like, there's a whole lot of improvised dialogue. Almost every scene with Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison yeah. Ford, not their, their scenes together, because they only have three... But almost every scene that they're in solely is improvised by them. Right. Which is hilarious because he wins Best Supporting Actor. Same thing with Russell Crowe winning leading when they're just, like, doing what they want. 
doing what they want. Doing what they want. Uh, yeah, no, it's really funny. And it's a similar thing happened with Die Hard where the original book was adapted. And then DeSouza, who's the other writer, was sort of the guy who was credited as doing the adaptation. And Jeb Stewart was just sort of like mixed in there as like one of the writers. Right. And it's funny because his style – like this movie's well written. This movie's extremely well written. Is it though? Well, it's well written in the sense that it's paced well. Yeah, and oh, it's not... shot. It's shot incredibly well, like the way it's edited together and all that. And they they do a great job too. One of Ebert's reviews of this movie talks about how they run the risk of with all these close calls and barely getting away mm-hmm. of a very like, you know, this is not really plausible kind of feeling, like feeling really corny. Right. But they do such a good job with the dialogue explaining everything that's happening on the police end of things that you can you can believe why they are one step behind him at all times. And that's a good point. It's it's tightly scripted in that way. Yeah. It's, there's not one moment where you're like, well, why haven't these guys figured this out yet? Or why don't they do this yet? Everything is like, it, he's just literally, like I said, they're one step ahead. Right. And it's completely believable, and they get there right away. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's funny that, like, this movie, and then Die Hard, and then he does these other movies. Like, if you look at his filmography, they're all movies that have, like... I'm going to pull it up right now. I don't have them all written down. But they're all movies that have essentially a two people on the cover with like oh, the, split the key art. Yeah. looking off. to the, They all look kind of exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all are like – one of them is this movie with Lawrence Fishburne and Sean Connery. And it's like a, a former judge or like a, like a former investigator, a former prosecutor gets drawn back into the courtroom after 25 years retired. What an intriguing case of a black man accused for murder or something. It's like, right. this is intense. Two people yeah. who are both probably right facing off in the courtroom. Noble savages. Like, it's Noble the, savages. <laughs> it's like the same as this. It's like two protagonists not really like a real villain. They all yeah. kind of look exactly the same. And it's funny that that style of, of writing – in the 90s was like great because the fugitive was so popular. Oh, of course, I mean people loved seeing that. Like two, I mean two like strong personalities that aren't bad guys squaring off against yeah. one another over some just cause. Totally, and so that's like fairly hilarious um, to me. That as as it aged, he sort of stopped writing good stuff into the into the 2000s. It's kind of like the story of this movie for everyone in the production and yeah, production side of it. Totally, because you get into Andrew Davis who directed the movie. You know, this guy's a Chicago native who is known for using Chicago in his movies all the time, like with the uh, St. Patrick's Day parade in this movie. Right, right. You know? Um, so this was this was the movie for him. This was his career-defining movie. You know, it was nominated for seven Oscars. Yeah. It won one. Uh, and then he just... His career just kind of faded. Like, it wasn't bad. Like, you know, we talked about it earlier. He got Seagal his start, and he did Under Siege. Yeah. And, and he went on to do... Um, uh, the, the one thing that was that was pretty interesting was the movie Stony Island, which is like a semi bio yeah. that he did in seventy eight. It was released then, and then it didn't get released on DVD till April twenty fourth, twenty twelve. Okay, it's so like almost thirty forty years later. You interesting. Know? Um, and yeah, I mean he 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 did like I said above the law. He did Under Siege, and then he went on to do The Fugitive, uh, Steel Big, Steel Little, which was Garcia playing the double roles with Alan Arkin. He did Chain Reaction with Keanu and Martin oh, yeah, Freeman, yeah. Collateral yep. Damage, which we all know, which. When he was doing it, they had to put it on hold for a while because it was so close to September 11th. It was, it damage. It was very uncomfortable. So what did you say about when you were going to kill me? Right now! <laughs> <laughs> Movie's not good. It's well written. Not good. It is very well written. And then he went on to do The Guardian with Costner and, and um, mm. uh, Ashton. Kutcher, right? Kutcher, yeah. Did you ever watch that movie? I didn't. I heard it was actually okay. Oh, okay. I didn't hear that. But I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I did not hear that. Uh, um, so, yeah, his career is just... It's interesting. Like, you do... 
Under Siege is not a very good movie, but, it's for, but for it to fill yeah. it, you know, its role in the time, it was great. I'll bet you Under Siege, if we watched it again, we would think was about as good as Lethal Weapon 1, which is hilarious to me because... But, like, yeah. in my mind, it would never have put the two on the same level. Oh, never. But I love Under Siege. Yeah, it's... And Lethal Weapon 1 feels like it's not actually that good. It's, like, yeah. really badly aged. Yeah, Lethal Weapon didn't age much more poorly than Die Hard. Yeah, yeah. So, these are, these are the movies that he does, right? He's got Die Hard in 88, and he's 33 years old, Jeb Stewart, when he writes this. Which is very impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. It's a huge movie. It's kind of like Shane Black writing, uh, was it Predator or Lethal Weapon? Lethal Weapon was the yes. big one. Uh, Leviathan, which, uh, this sounds sweet. I That's was my f- code name when I played Dungeons and Dragons. Leviathan? Yeah. What's your code name on Clash of the Clans? It's Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 1989. Underwater deep sea miners encounter a Soviet wreck and bring back a dangerous cargo to their base on the ocean floor with horrifying results. The crew of the mining base must fight to survive against the genetic mutation that hunts them down Wait, one by this? one. This is a movie that he wrote called Leviathan before he was before before the fugitive. Okay, okay, gotcha. So, then he writes Lockup with Stallone. Uh-huh. Do you know this movie? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Okay, it uh, also sounds extremely intriguing. <laughs> with only six months left of his prison sentence, inmate Frank Leone is transferred from minimum security to maximum security by a vindictive warden. <laughs> sounds sweet. Sounds awesome. Sounds like a movie that we should do on the show. Sounds like The Last Castle, but bad. Okay, now you get to the whole two people on the cover of the movie trend, which is 1990. He writes Vital Signs, all right? Okay. That's a good one. So this is starring Diane Lane, whom I love. Ben does have a crush on Diane Lane. That's yeah. a thing. Uh, this movie follows the lives of medical students who are in their third year, which is the time that they have to decide what they intend to specialize in. At the center is Michael Shatham, son of respected surgeon. That's actually not interesting or funny. Um, <laughs> the Fugitive, Just Cause, what I mentioned, Fire Down Below, Switchback, like this is the what he name. yeah the names are great and they all look the same like they all look exactly the same like switchback is starring starring slow internet connection is what it's starring uh riffing here forever it's starring danny glover and dennis quaid an fbi agent tries to catch a serial killer who kidnapped his son right like yeah it's it's like they're like so cardboard yeah exactly Exactly. So anyway, th- I think that's sort of funny. The other writer on this stuff is this guy, uh, Twohy. What's his name? Uh, David Twohy. Uh, so David Twohy, this is going to blow your mind. If yeah, you didn't this know is this. very, very interesting. Created Pitch Black, and he created the Riddick character and the whole franchise. You really feel it in this movie. <laughs> Riddick? Um, so uh, he, he creates that, right? Like He also wrote Waterworld, which is... Hilarious. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> One of the great flops of all time. So the two guys that wrote this movie are like like a essentially like a an overqualified procedural writer right. and the guy that wrote Waterworld and Chronicles of Riddick. It's so weird. And he wrote The Fugitive, which was nominated for screenplay, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. It's incredible. Yeah. Um producers, it's a husband and wife combo. Which is, hold on, real quick, which is really interesting. When when people get nominated for screenplay, like they did in this, and I believe in Gladiator, I I mean, I could be wrong, I I didn't look, um... Yeah. How is it that these guys get nominations for screenplay? Like, does the guild ever actually read the script, or they just watch the movie, and they're like, oh, that's a great, it's a great story. I would guess probably way closer to the latter, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because if if they read the screenplay for Gladiator, or the screenplay for this originally... It's not doesn't have any of the greatest stuff in it. No, like my favorite line isn't in it. Is not in the script for Gladiator, or not this one. Both. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those situations where what or are you going to do? The one in Gladiator is in there. Russell Crowe just hated it and said he wasn't going to do it because he's the he best actor in the world. Yeah, he can make, he make it, yeah. trash sound good. Um, exactly. 
Yeah, so anyway, the, the production on this is not something that we're going to get heavily into. Basically, the main credited producers are Anne and Arnold Copelson, and they have worked on almost the exact same movies. Um, Arnold had like a good solid eight or nine years worth of credits prior. Husband and wife, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah. And then Anne, they, both of their careers sort of tailored off into the mid-2000s. Um, they were both involved in the first... So, so The Fugitive is based on an, an old TV show, right? We have the yes. art here. This is, uh-huh. the, this is the original. It was from like 63 to 67. Same deal. Kimball, mm-hmm. frame, you know, framed for killing his wife, goes on the run. It was like four seasons worth of... Right. The end is a little different because he's like squaring off with the one-armed man. And yeah. And then uh, Gerard actually kills the one-armed man. Instead of um, him yeah. killing Nichols or saving him from Nichols, which is interesting because I guess in the TV show The Fugitive, uh, he saves Kimball saves Gerard's life like numerous, numerous times. Okay, so and that's yeah. him repaying his favor. And it's like it's a cheesy like it's a, it's, it's, it's the sixties. Yeah, yes. yeah. So then they then after the movie was successful and got all the Oscar nominations, they then made another TV adaptation. Did you know this? In two thousand one, no, they brought the TV show back with starring Tim Daly. Yes. yes. I do remember this. Yeah. I never watched it. Not neither, one episode. Neither did I. No. I forgot that it existed yeah, until I, I was looking at it. I up. forgot that it existed until I think everyone could tell right then. For those of you who don't know who Tim Daly is, by the way, Tim Daly is the guy that did the voice of Superman in the Superman cartoon. I'm okay. fairly certain. I know that he did it when it was the adventures of Batman and Superman, um, but I'm fairly certain he did the voice of Superman all throughout. Love it. Um, love Tim Daly. Loved it. He's also in Diner, which is one of my favorite movies. It's a Barry Levinson movie from the early 80s, but uh, anyway... This it's funny to me. I don't know anything about it, but so the right. same production team and Arnold Copelson also produced this. They produced the movie, so they just love the Fugitive. That was a successful property, yeah. so I'm sure they were you know interested in, in bringing it back. But it was not particularly successful. Um, no, it was like 22, 23 episodes, so either one long season or, or yeah, a short. You know, but they didn't used to do those like six and then like a sixteen back then. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much the deal with the, with the production. Yeah, you I know mean, what's surprising about this movie, other than. Uh, they talk about like where it was shot and like the actual the train the train wreck actually happened. It's still there. You can it's still like a tourist attraction when you yeah. drive through what North Dakota I something, think, like, something that. like that. Yeah. Um, but really, there's not a lot about this movie out there, and I think that's what kind of blows my mind about its nomination for best picture and supporting actor and screenplay and all that. The editing and the sound that makes sense, but like this movie is very basic. Right. There's not a lot about it. There's not a lot of interesting things that happen. It's just executed very very well. North Carolina, by the way. It was, North Carolina, uh, I'm sorry. And it cost a million dollars to uh, yeah, film the one, scene. And they can only do it once. Yes. And it was a real it was a real train. That's why the wreckage is still there. So yeah. single take. Anyway, sorry. Oh, no, that was it. I was just saying, like, it's it makes sense why there's not a lot out there. But at the same time, you'd think with everything about or behind this movie. And how important it is to people. Exactly. Yeah. You'd think there'd be a little more. But, you know, whatever. I digress. Let's move on to money. Yeah. Critical reception. So, so the movie did well. It made quite well. a bit of money. Yes. Um, I, let's see. Like we have a, we have a box office here for Harrison Ford for his all timers, and these are adjusted for inflation, obviously because there's a bunch of old movies in here. Pretty crazy that the Fugitive. It's not only is it crazy to me that it's in the top ten. It's almost crazy that it's not like. Well, I, you take out take out Indiana Jones and, and Star Wars, and it's number one. Yeah. Well, so I guess what I mean is when you think about Harrison Ford and you think about his massive, massive, massive box office appeal. Mm-hmm. In some ways, I would go like in my mind, I'd be like the fugitives. There's no way it's even top ten. I'd be like these he has really? so many. Yeah, like yeah. if I was just first thinking about it. But then, then if you start to think about it, you try to list them all off. You're like, okay, it's almost. And then when you think about it, then you're like, oh god, it's crazy that it's even that it's even number seven because like yeah. it made more money than Crystal Skulls. <laughs> That's crazy. It is. It actually is. But I think 
I mean, that's that's what, when you gotta kind of just like nod your head to the audience and be like, "Yep, you're smarter than they give you credit for." Because yeah. that movie looked like shit, and yeah. it was. It was not good. It was not good. But I guess if it's seventh after the next three Star Wars movies comes out, it'll be tenth. It'll get bumped down. Yeah, I mean, as long as Harrison's in all three, yeah, then right. There's no doubt that. Uh, which, by the way, that trailer is like the sweetest thing I've it ever seen. It is very sweet. I yeah. okay, so I'm probably gonna get crucified for this. Yeah, I don't even know if I should say it on air. I don't want to lose viewers. Um, I love Star Wars. I grew up watching Star Wars. They're some of my favorite movies. Like I love watching them growing but, up. But, but yeah, I hated the the second three. Well, yeah. the second trilogy, Most which I think did. everyone did. So I'm like at this point where I'm like holding a grudge, right? I'm like an angry ex girlfriend or something, to where I'm just like, I'm not going to give you the credit you deserve. <laughs> I watched the trailer; it blew my mind. I can't wait to watch the movie. I texted you right after. I was like, "We're going opening day, right?" Yeah, and like it's sold out. I was like, yeah, so um, I'm just not that excited for it. You're insane. I know I am. I mean, I think it's going to be great. I'm going to love it. I'm going to go opening week. But I just, when movies get this much hype after getting me getting let down so much, I'm like overwhelmed with excitement. I know you are. Like I can't even. And I love Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, well, whatever. Um, so this movie cost $44 million to make. It was produced by Warner Brothers. It came out August 6th in 93. Um, End of summer. Yeah, it's a good time for a movie to come out. It grossed $183.8 million domestic and 185 worldwide. I wonder if the expectation was that high. I know. I would, I would love to have been around. I mean, I was, I was seven. Right. Or, or 93. I was five. Um, so I have no idea. I remember watching it. My sister, my sister Sandra. Right. Um, this is one of her favorite movies of all time, and, and she was the one that originally showed it to me. I watched it with her every time I would go and visit during the summer. Yeah. And this movie was amazing. It was very intense for me as a kid, too. Yeah. Like, it was scary. Like, the, the cutting in the beginning and the wife dying and then, like, the one-armed man. Right. Like, it freaked me out. Totally. You know? It was, and it was gripping. It was, like, really, really good. So, you got to think with where these guys were at in their career that people were really looking forward to this movie. Yeah, I mean, you got to think, like, we talk about the age of the movie star is gone. Like, people are just sort of, like, not, like, movie stars don't exist in the same way they did back then. Yeah. This was the heyday. Yeah. 90, like, the early the 90s, 90s, 93, yeah. 94. And a guy like Harrison Ford is that guy. Like, he's that guy where, like, his name's on the bill, so you're just like, I'm going to go see this movie. Mm-hmm. The Fugitive. Like, this is, I'm going to go see this Harrison Ford movie because it looks yeah, sweet. Absolutely. You know, it was almost like the bad trailer effect didn't matter as much because... Well, was it that bad back then? No, but, like, the name value was, like, so relevant that a bad trailer, you're like, oh, this is cool. Like, I'll take this premise. I mean, that's the funny thing is, like, all that... All those movies that we were reading, like, the, the premises for on those boxes, it, if you put a good actor in one of those situations back then, it was appealing. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It was exciting. You could put him in anything. Yeah. It was just like, put this put this guy you love to watch get out of stuff in a situation. That's like what the 90s was for movies. Yeah, which is weird because if you think about it now, if you troll through Netflix, Hulu Plus, Amazon Prime, you look at all these streaming options, mm-hmm. you go to Redbox, you will literally find 90 out of 100 movies that you've never heard of. And oh, yeah, absolutely. 90 of those movies that you've never heard of are going to be just the same thing. Ryan Reynolds right. is in a situation yeah, that he yeah. has to get out of. Are you intrigued enough to get it? Because they weren't intrigued enough by the premise to put it in theaters, so I it know. went straight like to Buried. streaming. Buried is a great example. Of that. I heard it was a great movie, incredible acting. It was yeah. a small release. Totally. But it's one of those that people just didn't want to see. It's just weird how it works. Like, it just seems to be. I mean, you'll see these, these movies like, um, what was that, Fury? No, Rage. 
Is what it's called? The, the Nicolas Cage one? Yeah. Yeah. It's basically just a taken ripoff. Right. I didn't see Fury. I didn't see Killing Them Softly. I didn't see Mud. Like, these are all movies with big A-list actors. McConaughey, yeah. Cage, uh, Pitt. Yeah. I just didn't watch. Yeah. I mean, you just, it's like with, you think about Cage, it's like you just put him in a movie like this. It's like Nicolas Cage used to be able to have that name value. Now you put him right. in a movie like that and it's just it's like, a joke. we're not going to put this in theaters. Right. Because the, the premise that we're using here, which is just make a subpar story. The blood they spill will be on our blood. <laughs> and put Nick Cage in it is not going to get people in the theaters. So like, that's the world we're in now. And it's, you know, it used to just sort of be like, if this had turned out to be a bad movie, people would have still it still would have made 185 million because it was Harrison Ford yeah. in the middle of this movie. I feel the air coming on. I don't know oh. if you guys can tell. I'm warm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's move on. Let's get on. To, let's get on to critical reception here. So it's yeah, obviously extremely well reviewed, successful. Yeah, one of the all timers. Yeah, so it's got 7.8 on IMDb, which is actually a little lower than I think it, I thought originally that it would be at, but it makes sense for the type of movie it is. It's I not, would think it was higher. Yeah, I'm with you completely. I feel like maybe in the 90s, in the yeah. early 2000s, it could have been higher. I mean, movies drop all the time. Yeah, true, and it's not seen by as many people. Right. Like, it's, I wonder how many of our fans on this show uh-huh. are, like, into and aware of this movie. Well, it's weird. I'm sitting here, and I mean, every time I look down at my phone, I promise you guys, it's because of you. I'm, I'm reading our live um, our live chat here on, on uh, YouTube, and... A lot of people are saying, like, oh, I haven't seen The Fugitive in so long, or I just finished it for the first time, and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. You know, and it's one of those movies, it's it's like that. But it doesn't age. Right. Like, yesterday, we were totally into it, other than that moment when we were like, should we do The Edge? Yeah. We should do The Edge. The edge we watched the trailer, so, we're like, I don't know if we so, should do The Edge. So, so sweet. It's so sweet. If anybody hasn't seen The Edge, just win the contest and have us do The Edge. It's they, so good. They died trying to save my life. We can't fight the bear, Charles! <laughs> it's one step ahead of us all the time. All right, keep going. <laughs> uh, okay, so Rotten Tomatoes, um, all critics, top critics and audience give it a 96, a 94, and an 89, respectively. It's pretty good. Which is very, very good. I mean, most movies would die to have that kind of review. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it was kind of hard to find a negative review about this movie. Um, was it Jay Boyer? Yeah, Jay Boyer from the Orlando Sentinel says, um, While there are actors in the film, there isn't much room for acting. Which is funny because it won Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the rapid editing and near absence of dialogue reduces the actors to action figures with colorful labels pasted on their foreheads. Mm. Really? Sounds kind of silly Do you to understand me. that at all? Yeah. Sounds ridiculous. Screenplay, supporting, picture. Did we not recast, by the way, I'm just noticing, did we not recast Pantoliano? We changed our mind? I took it out. I took him out. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which is funny because he actually died at the end of this movie originally. And then he bartered yeah. to be in for the sequel, right? Yeah. For you. He was able to fight, which is... A great film. U.S. Marshall's a great movie. Um, <laughs> uh, and then the positive review, or the fresh one, if you if you want to check or read that one off. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, the positive review. So you have, wait, I'm on the wrong page here. You have, uh, it's a pleasure to find a thriller fulfilling its duties with such a gusto. The emotions ring solid. The script finds time to relax into back chat. And for once, the stunts look like acts of desperation rather than shows of prowess. That's Anthony Lane from The New Yorker. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say pretty, pretty accurate. It's... Yeah. It's tightly wound. I mean, I said to a couple people we were doing this movie this week, and I got a couple people that were like, are you sure that's an action movie? Right. They think it's more of a thriller or yeah, a drama. Yeah, and we had the same thing with um, Looper that we just did, and uh, yeah. Gladiator. People have been saying things about being like an, an epic. Yeah. But it, these are all action movies. It comes down to, like, there's like a combination of a few things. And it's mm-hmm. like, tone is a big one. This movie's the tone is totally 90s. The it's, tone is perfect. Yeah, it's yes. dead on. You have, like... Some of those, those, so like those cliche tropes, right? So like definitely the the fist fight at the end is a big yeah. one. Yeah. The montages, like, mm-hmm. uh, and then you and then you ultimately you have the music. like 
Yeah, and you have Which like I believe this also got nominated for best score. It's amazing. Yeah, and then you also just have the fact like there's action, like the train, the train explosion. Yeah, no, they're getting away. The, you know, the close calls, the shootouts. The, yeah, the, the aqueduct. Like totally, this is an action movie. Yeah, I mean, even as much as I mean, you guys saw where I ranked taking a Pelham one two three last week. It's just all, a travesty. Just, just disgusting to me. Um, it that movie isn't quite the same, but it has that tone. Right. And tone is so key. Like, we've talked about this so many times, Ben and I, trying to figure out, like, our rules and, like, what movies fit and what movies don't. Because we debate about it all the time. Like, we don't just pick a movie and we're like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that one. It, it's a process. Yeah. And and one of the biggest things, if not the biggest thing, is tone totally. in these films. And Taking Pelham has it. And The Fugitive definitely has it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think... Ultimate action scene. This guy, U.S. Marshals isn't good. Yeah, we yeah. know. We know it's not good. Uh, true story about U.S. Marshals. One of my one of my favorites. I was telling Andrew this last night. The when I was a kid, I was walking home from the comic book store that was by my house that I used to work at. I would work there for store credit, and I would buy Spawn toys. But um, I was walking home and came across a yard sale, and this person. This must have been like ninety six. Spawn toys, really? Just uh-huh. Spawn? Yeah, I had a lot. Of spawn Do you have toys. a fat clown? I had a lot of them. I love it. Yeah. All right, keep going. Um, and uh, and I was walking home, and there was a yard sale, and this these people had these seven VHS tapes. They were selling them for a dollar each, um, like lowest level form of pirating. And they were they were like you know extended play, like six hours on each side, right. and they had three movies taped off cable on each side. And I bought all of them for like of seven bucks. Yeah, and it's like me with five dollar bins. Yeah, I just can't control myself. So we had an old TV with a VHS player. And, like, I would see movies, but, like, this was a big one for me where, you know, I got, like, 40 movies in my rotation right. as a kid that I otherwise didn't have. And I watched every single movie on those tapes a good solid five or six times. The Edge was on there. Yeah. U.S. Marshals was on there. Deep Impact was on there. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's a bad one. They're not a good one. There were some really bad movies in there. <laughs> I believe uh, uh, Most Wanted with Keenan Ivory oh, Wayne sweet. was on there. Yeah. Uh, there were some real, real good ones. So Yeah, my buddy had a black box growing up. You know what those were? Those, like, cable boxes that were illegal. You paid, like, 60 bucks for them, and then you got you got every channel. Oh, no. Like, Playboy, all the pay-per-views, oh, like, everything. Sounds yeah, it was, exciting it was for, amazing. for a young lad. Yeah, absolutely. So what, whenever I would go to his house, his parents were at the same thing, like, right. pirating on the lowest level. They had this whole wall of must have been five, 600 VHS tapes. Yeah. They were all just blank tapes with, like, four movie titles written on them. That they would just record off off cable. So you had all you used everything. Oh, I would watch. Yeah, I would go over there and watch movies all, all the, time. the movies. That's all, yeah, it was amazing. That's awesome. Those are better days. Yeah, man. I feel like it's. I feel like it's too easy now. You can just watch anything you want anytime. Yeah, it's not as exciting. You yeah, pirating isn't what it used gem. to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the ultimate action scene in this movie. I guess it's the train. Probably. Maybe it's the jumping off of the. Uh, Jumping off of the, the waterfall? I mean... No, it's the train. It's the train. For the sake of action, I guess? Yeah, I mean, there's, like, people getting shot, people dying, there's the explosion. It's not really an action movie in that sense. In that no. sense, it's not action-y. But, yeah, I mean, it is the train. Yeah, it's a chase movie. Yeah. Definitely a, a consideration for fist pump moment for me was during the train scene. When you, oh, when God. You, yes. When you realize that the cop with the mustache is actually uh, just the guy from Office Space who, makes the, yeah, something. who makes the jump to conclusions map. It's a jump to conclusions map. It's a map with conclusions on it that, that you, you can, can jump, jump to. to. This is 
this is a horrible idea. <laughs> I deal with the goddamn customers, that guy. I'm good at dealing with people. Funny thing, uh, funny story is when I was uh, in acting class in high school, uh, my two buddies played the two Michaels. Yeah. And uh, I we did three scenes. It was all the interviews. It was the Michael Bolton one, the Tom one, and, yeah. and the uh, the one with Peter yeah, the, yeah. Ma- the main the main guy just reminded me that it was funny. I've just, always yeah. been such a fan of Office Space. That's like one of the truly underappreciated, like in the sense that it just hasn't aged at all. Oh, it's still hilarious, but it is true that the last thirty minutes of that movie is one of the worst thirty minutes ever. Where it like it just dies, it just falls like, apart, just end. It's just not yeah. funny anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, right. It's hard hard to end comedies. Um, wow, we're that's 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 it for, yeah, for production. We're, we're, we're into in, our uh, we're into our stuff. Into the meat of the show. That's right. Um, what time is it? Look at that. Are we? Is this like? Are we going fast today? We're going. We're just. We're just at a good pace. Yeah. We're 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 just like the fugitive. It's yeah. Cut perfectly. You look like you're jogging at a good pace. Well, it's because I'm sweating. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> ha ha, everybody! Look, I sweat a lot. Okay, I've got active sweat glands. Turn the AC up, okay? Jesus, I'm very protective. <laughs> All right, favorite line. Let's move on. Uh, um, you want to go? Because I think you have a line you like a lot. Here. I do. I do. My favorite. My favorite line in the movie, which is funny because it. Um, it's improvised. Yeah. And it was it's uh, it was originally uh well the line is um I didn't kill my wife. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. It's just great because it's true. He doesn't care. He's yeah. not, and he says it later on he's, he's not trying just to doing prove, his job. He's not trying to solve a puzzle. He's trying to catch a man. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he's innocent or not. He's doing his job. Totally. And originally um he says what that's not my problem or what what is it? Uh, I think if it doesn't concern me I think yeah, it doesn't concern like me something like that. Something like that was in the script and, and he it was it. like I please let me let me make it this. Yeah. So much better. Such a great line. And then the other one uh, which I'm positive isn't yours is when uh he's talking to that guard yeah. in the hospital right after he shaves. He's like 61 beard blah 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 dark hair. He's yeah. like only every time I look in the mirror except for minus the beard. Yeah. And yeah, it's just stupid but funny. <laughs> It's great. I, I, there's a bunch of lines I like. I think the one that sticks out to me is when uh, he and the other prisoner, uh, the guy who they end up shooting later. Oh yeah, the Tommy Lee Jones kills. Yeah, yeah. when he when they get up and he like he uncuffs him. He's like, "Whatever you do, just don't follow me." He's uh-huh. like, "No problem." He looks at him. He's like, "Be good." Be good. Uh, yeah, that, a- that's one of my favorite lines. I like that one a lot. And I also really like later when when Tommy Lee after he shoots him, he's like, "I don't negotiate." Um, or I don't bargain. So oh, yeah, I don't bargain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's, that's a good line, that's too. That's a very good line. It's, um, like, actually a good line. Tommy Lee's, like, just the best character in the movie, blatantly. Like, Yeah, and it's interesting when we get into... Hero Villain Ranking? Hero Villain Ranking, which we're actually... We're there right now. Um, yeah. So let's pull up our let's pull up our lists here. Uh, huh. It's a really I hard think, one, right? Because he's not... I think you have to put him as a villain. Because you can't put him as the hero. He's not the... He's an antagonist, but he's definitely exactly. not a villain. But I. But if you have to categorize him, so then can you just not use him from this movie? Well, all right. Let's start with let's start with your list. Uh, so let's let's zoom in here because we both have terrible eyesight. I'm very um, bad. Yeah. So we'll start. We'll just, we'll just look at your at yours first. Um, so this is these are the movies. Yeah. So and we can do movies. First. Okay. That's so we'll, fine. we'll do movies first. Yeah. This is good. Uh, okay. This so, is a great movie. This is a very very good movie, and I still. I love still that Fury love it. Road is number three for you. You're crazy, dude. You haven't even watched it again since seeing it in theaters. It's You've not seen it a one better time. movie than Aliens and T2. You're nuts. That's not true. Watch it again. It's a phenomenal movie. I will stab you with this pen. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think I gotta put it. Oh man, this is tough. This is the thing: is that the movies are get are they're so good, and there's so many of them. I gotta put it after Rogue Nation, I think. 
ahead of Minority Report, wow. Identity, and Die Hard. This movie, again, for me growing up, this was a huge part of me growing up. And it's just a great movie. And got a Best Picture nom. So you, you still actor. think that Air Force One, MI3, those are better movies. Yeah, I do. I still do. So I'm going to put it at, it looks like 11, right? That's where I'm going. Wow, number yeah, 11. Man, fire high. Jeez. It's remarkable. So you're putting it at number 11, and you're, then you move Rogue Nation out of 12? Yep. Okay. I guess I'll take Rogue it. Nation. Okay. Train up. No. We do. do not need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are you doing with yours? Benji, the syndicate is real. Uh, got me going, man. I know. Um, I... The... No, I, wouldn't, I would never do that to you. So Predator is amazing. Man on Fire, incredible. This is still a better movie than those. It's a better movie. You than only have three. Mad Max five lower than me. You need to calm yourself. Yeah, but that's and the you movies, haven't even watched it again. But the movies that it's like the movies that's ahead of for you or the thing but the that movies gets me. that it's ahead of for you. <laughs> uh, shoot, is this better than? It's it's going to be right in that range. I put Looper at number seven. Really, this is my list, not yours. This is your list. Oh yeah, definitely my list because T two. Jeez, Looper's not that good of a movie. It's funny because what's going to happen is like when we get to like thirty or forty movies, we're going to do what we did before and sit down and redo our lists. Yeah, we're going to have to re rank. Yeah, I think that I have to put The Fugitive higher than Man on Fire. It's a tighter movie than Mission Impossible Three, even though I love Mission Impossible yeah, Three. Uh huh. It's a better movie than Born, but it's close. Right. That, that's that's how I felt as well. I think it's just right in that range. Looper, Mad Max, Minority Report. It's somewhere in there, but it's not. It's like it's better than Die Hard in a lot of ways. It, again, it's so tough with these movies that have aged because they yeah, have a sentiment. They have like a nostalgia with you. No, I'm, I'm, I know what I'm doing. What it's, are you doing? It's number six. It bumps Die Hard. Number six. The Fugitive is a really fantastic movie. Like it's the Fugitive is such a tightly wound movie, and it's so iconic, and it's inspired so many characters. So it's like so many stories have been based on these characters, like on Gerard especially. Yeah. Oh yeah, Gerard is is yeah. That I think when you're watching this movie, you're just like. The, it's like sort of the police procedural feel that this movie has is so it's such an important movie he's sweet in US Marshals he's good yeah, I mean he's good uh, so he's not good is Wesley Snipes <laughs> I, I love my favorite part of the movie is when it ends and he's like blah whatever his name is how yeah. does it feel how does it feel to be free he's like righteous yeah <laughs> we need great. to do more Wesley Snipes on this show we do we have to do Drop Zone and Blade yeah <laughs> uh, alright so Heroes as much as I love Kimball, he's not on my list. He does not rank for me. So is Gerard a hero? He's not. I don't or think you villain. can make him a hero. I think he's a villain. Mark, you want to chime in? Do you have any opinions on this little debate since this is one versus one? Yeah. I think he's a I think he has to be the villain. I don't think he counts as a villain. So what so you just can't rank him? He he's a he's is a he rides the line in between the the two of of hero and villain so well. Yeah, or it's the, a tough it's, one. What what's the chat say? Does the chat have any any opinion on this? Guys, what do you think? I don't know. What do you guys think about hero-villain? Like, who, is he a hero or is he a villain, or can we just not rank him? I mean, you look at the characters that you're putting him up against, right? If you're if he's a villain, he's not a villain. Like, any of those guys are villains. He's just not even close. Like, the, every one of those he's guys is... He's kind of like the Queen Alien. Because he's like, what? <laughs> no, he's not on the list, then. He doesn't, get, he doesn't get to make either one. Put my foot down. No, that's ridiculous. No, it's not, He's dude. too good of a he's character. He's a villain, then. He's not a hero. I think it's a situation where you have two protagonists. Do we have anybody who has an opinion? No? Tommy Lee is... Max, shut up. <laughs> so Max says... Max Brockman says, Tommy Lee is more of a hero. And then another guy says, he's not a villain. He's lawful good. It's... He's never good. He never helps the hero. 
He does help the hero. When? When he decides that he is going to believe him. At the end, he doesn't help him. The hero helps him. The hero, who is Harrison Ford, saves him. I'm going to... He's a hero in my nah. book. He's a hero in my book. <laughs> All right. Um, Whatever. It's your list. Yeah. So I know. My, he is too good not to rank. That, I totally agree with you guys. He's a better character than many of these. He's a better character than Crazy. He's a better character than both Ethan Hunts. He's a better character than John Wick. Dude, he's, he's a better character a than Riggs. He's not a hero, though. He's not a hero. He he's, does nothing heroic in the whole movie. On the level of McClane. He's, he is, he's on the level of John McClane. He is between McClane and Riggs for me. He if is, we're watching U.S. Marshals, he can be the hero. He's not a hero. <laughs> he's number 11, 12. He's number as, 12 as for me. As a character, I'll agree with you, but not as a hero. Boom. I just don't the know. The voice what, of God has can, spoken. <laughs> how can you not include him? It seems so difficult. Like I'd see, it seems like we're just. You think he's just stricken from the record? I think he's stricken from the record unless you put him under villain because he's not a hero. He surpasses any listing. He is yes. He is definitely not a hero though. In this movie, he's not a hero. Just like Terminator isn't a hero in number one, but he is in number two. <laughs> yeah, we have this other clip to show. We haven't even shown it yet. All right, we'll get into it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess it's undecided. I guess the one-armed, the one-armed guy isn't the villain. The the, the villain's Doctor Nichols. Yeah, but neither of those guys are like they're both just kind of like whatever. Exactly. Which means the one-armed guy. Here we go. The one-armed guy and Tommy Lee Jones fill the same role on opposite spectrums, and Nichols is the true villain, and Ford is the true hero. Yeah, I guess. I guess you just don't put. I guess you just don't put Tommy Lee on the list, but it seems so disingenuous what we're doing. He won a friggin' Oscar for what he did, and he doesn't even get to make a list for an action movie. Not on our show. I mean, if you were doing Heat, we would never do Heat on this show because mm-hmm. it's way too much of a drama. I mean, actually, we maybe would because he's amazing, but yeah. they're both the hero. Hey, man, we'll get to that when we get right? to Heat. Then we'll put them both on the hero ranking. Van Zandt and Wayne Grau are both the villains, but neither one is, like, relevant. So mm-hmm. it's like it really just – they're both the hero. So it's like – I mean, we had the same discussion with Looper where there's a hero and there's an anti-hero that is kind of the villain even though Jeff Daniels is the true villain. Yeah, but even though in that one I Bruce feel like Willis, Willis is, worse. is clearly the yeah. villain because he kills a kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, guy, this guy killed a guy that was trying to bargain with him. He doesn't bargain. He doesn't bargain. All right. We're moving on. Oh, wait, wait, no, we're not moving on. Are you ranking him or not? Are you putting him at 11 or is it stricken from the record? It's an asterisk at the bottom of my list. Gerard asterisk. from The Fugitive. Is that an astrological sign? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> now it is. You need to read a goddamn book. It's like a thing like an ellipsis, <laughs> man. Um, okay. Let's, let's show our clip. We just, yeah. I forgot that we even had this. It's just like it's just a sequence of Harrison Ford just saying like things about my family and my I, wife repeatedly. I found this a few years ago, and I, I showed this to Ben. I don't remember when. My family first. Talk to my wife. Would you get that my family for? Get you five million dollars to get my family out of here. You get the money. I get my family. I'm looking for my wife. I checked in this morning with my wife. Yes. Um, I'm looking for my wife. My wife. My wife. My wife. My wife. For my wife. Yes, ma'am. My wife. It doesn't get old. No, it doesn't get old at all. Has everyone else had their wife kidnapped? My wife was kidnapped. <laughs> I have your suitcase. You have my wife's suitcase. You put my wife's suitcase in yeah. the locker this I'm morning. I'm sorry. My wife, goddammit. <laughs> you put 
put my wife's suitcase in the locker. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's name tag. I throw this you have myself. I have your suitcase. You have my wife's suitcase. Who's got my wife? <laughs> my wife. Are you suggesting that I killed my wife? I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> I killed my wife. What about my daughter? <laughs> Let him take their cameras into my daughter's hospital room. I'm after the man who tried to kill my family. My face hurts. Look for a gift for my wife. I, th I, I think it's possible that my wife may have been on your airplane. My wife was on that plane. My wife was in Miami. That's pretty Thank good. Thank you, Avril Haley, for that. That was very good. My wife, my wife, you have that my video, wife's suitcase. I have your suitcase. That video is to Harrison Ford what the running through all locations video uh, is to Tom yeah, Cruise. Exactly. Where he doesn't say anything, he's just running, yeah. like running yeah. places. It's like the same thing. I, I think that that's funnier, though. Uh, my face hurts. That was beautiful. That was very good. Uh, uh, recast? Did you do a recast? I, of course I did a recast. Oh, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> another thing that we're going to start doing that I'm going to... Curveball! I'm throwing Ooh. some new in. Uh... We're going to be yeah, auctioning band's suits. No. Um, what? <laughs> so recast is it's great. It's one of our favorite parts of the show. You guys love it. We love it. But we've been doing it for 27 episodes now. Yeah. And it, it's not that it's stale, but we've done it a lot. So now we're going to turn it into more of a competition just between Ben and I and usually our third guest or fourth. Uh, we're going to do our, our, our recast just like you guys do. And we'd love for you to share them on YouTube and Twitter and all that. Um, but... On our Twitter account, I want you guys to start picking who you think did a better recast. I don't want you to tweet at us and say either Ben's or Andrew's recast this is, is better. news to me. I know. I just, <laughs> it's a curveball. We're dropping bombs. I think it's cool. I think it's a good idea. It's and a I good think, idea. And I think that it'll, it'll, be, it'll uh, bring more interaction. And also, it'll add something to the recast that I feel like is, is where it's starting to get stale. It'll be, we'll yeah. care more now. I don't like to lose. I don't like to lose either. Because well, all I do is win. I'm like Alex Smith prior to this year. Um no, really? not good. No? That's a bad one. I you should have said Russell Wilson prior to this year. Whammy! Yeah. I hate the Seahawks. It's clever. Uh, here we go. Uh, let's go with, should we start with Nichols? <laughs> I'm very happy with my uh, my Nichols. Okay, what do you got? You may recognize me as the villain in uh, a number of American action movies. It's uh, Joaquin de Almedia, our boy. Our boy from... Uh, from Clear and Present Danger and the one I looked up? Oh, Desperado. Desperado. Yeah, He's in yeah. a movie that's out right now called Our Brand is Crisis yep. with he, Sandra Bullock and Billy Bob Thornton. He loves having drinks on uh, Main Street in Santa Monica and talking about movies. He's you been may in. recognize me. <laughs> it's a great number of American action movies. <laughs> I think it'd be perfect. What, what do you got? Um, I went with Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. I give you the FBI. I, you wanted a miracle. I give you the FBI. I. Oh yeah, it's a good idea for uh, when you guys do tweet at us. Uh, just just put hashtag recast winner something like that. Like a master re recast. Master recast. That's a oh, Hurst is going to be upset. You know what? No, he's not going to be upset. He said it for so long. We're gonna we're gonna take it yeah. because it's beautiful. So when you pick the winner, Ben or Andrew, hashtag master recaster. Brian Hurst will be happy, and he'll probably beat us every week anyway. So Hurst is like, yeah, he's Hurst, the greatest recaster. Hurst is like playing against the computer, is what it feels like. Yeah, he's like the guy that beats the computer in chess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Sykes, the one-armed man. I went with Jack Earl Haley. Did you? That's good. That's, good that's really good. He's creepy, and he's and he's uh, the thing that's about the one-armed man is that he needs to be intimidating and scary, but not but in so. It big or overpowering to where you think that Kimball couldn't have fought him off. I went with The Rock. Um. <laughs> and, I, and so I went with The Rock. And Tom Hardy is one person. Um, I went 
with Danny Trejo. Because he's a little oh, older now. Yeah, he's yeah. still creepy. You'd still see him as the guy that he's would like gruff. take the job that used to be head of security. Right. Still is. Yeah. Uh, one-armed. Uh, but he could still get overpowered in a moment of passion. Completely. By who I picked as Kimball. So who did you do for our boy Gerard? This is one of my favorites. I went with J.K. Simmons. That's and I, the reason I went J.K. Simmons is I was sort of imagining, like, I don't think you go J.K. Simmons like where he usually looks, where he's like bald head. and he's. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of... you. You just make him look a little bit more of like a cop guy. You give him a mustache? Yeah, I think so. You do? I think you like maybe a, Like a Colin Farrell mustache? Maybe. Maybe you give him a mustache and a hat. He's wearing a U.S. Marshal's hat or okay. something like that. Okay. You know, some sort of a flak jacket. Um, and he's he's a little less like quippy and sarcastic. And he's just like a little bit more like just fucking intense. Yeah, like whiplash. Just like dry and, yeah, yeah. Just like <sighs> just is so, angry. Can we do whiplash on the show just so I can talk about it? <laughs> That's such a good movie. So good. Um, I want John Hamm. For Gerard? For Gerard. Like, literally, same character as the town. He kills it in that he's movie. He's great as that character. Yeah. He's perfect at it, and he's so good at being that. Just like, I am by the book. I am doing my job. If you get in my way, you're done. I just want you to know you're going to die in federal you're prison. Die in federal prison. Yeah, that's yeah, good. That's very good. Uh, and then for my Kimball, we actually talked about this yesterday, uh, Brian Cranston. Really good. Just perfect. I went with Clooney. Um, I like that. I thought about it, and like, there's like a that. when when Clooney hit that point a little later in his career when he got a little better at playing like softer, a little less in control characters. Still, can be the smartest guy in the room, right? But like, sort of the character that he plays in Up in the Air. I was gonna say that you talking about like Up in the Air, time. or yeah, like yeah. the Descendants, or like the character that he plays in Syriana. Okay. He's just a little he like he could put a little weight on him even. Yeah, like he he's not he's not like uh Ides of March or uh was the was the Michael Clayton George Clooney. It's, I mean Clayton's like, closer, but yeah, it's like he's he's a little less slick and he's a little more like he's been a successful surgeon and now he's running for his life. Right. I could see him with the look of panic in his face, the same one that Ford has in a lot of the scenes in this movie. God, he's so good in this movie. Yeah. yeah. And I think Clooney could do a really good job with that. So Okay. I like that. I think I think we did good. So uh, you guys let us know. Who do you think did better? Hashtag Master Recaster. Was it me or was it Mr. Benjamin Bateman? Yeah, I think we both know where this is going. <laughs> um, uh, and we're not auctioning my suits off. That was a joke. It's not a joke. It's a joke. Starting at $400. <laughs> uh, okay. We have an extra second here. Cage versus Cruz. Who would have been the better Kimball? I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> I, look, I, 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 I don't I, care. <laughs> <laughs> Done. We don't even need to go on past that. That's perfect. It was a perfect moment. Red light, green light. Uh, yeah, I think maybe. I mean, I think I think it's just funny because we talked about it with the whole like the whole idea of there being a, a superhero every man and like a every man every man. They're uh-huh. both the premier action stars. This movie would have been so much worse with Tom Cruise in the Harrison Ford role. Oh, absolutely. So much worse. Yeah, I and mean, he would have been too young to do it. But it just it wouldn't have been believable at all. Like it would have just ended up as one of those like false identity imposter I need to get my life back type of movies right total recall kind of a thing yeah, yeah. and just Cruz just like there's just no way no. I mean you know it's funny whoever uh, who is this Nick yeah uh, Nick Knopf Knopfseer yeah see that's how bad my vision is um, right. I actually had Josh Brolin as my Gerard um, for a while I did but the reason that I didn't end up using him is because I think that I guess John Hand's on the same level they could just both kick Brian Cranston's ass because you think a little bit about the you think about the the uh, Ford oh, and, character uh, Max, I can keep using Brian Cranston if I want. It's my show. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, Max just said I won the uh, recast. Look at that. Our oh, look first at that. Wow. Hashtag master recaster. Sweet. I'm not picking you up from the airport Whammy. on Monday, Max. I'm not picking you up from the airport. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, so, yes. Uh, I think that... We're just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. About the physically intimidating hero. That's that's what I was just getting at. Yeah. So because I thought about I thought about Wilkinson in the in the role. I like Wilkinson a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just don't think I couldn't see him running away as much as he has. To. Exactly, and he has to be able to throw those punches. He has to be able to fit through that window on the train. Too. Yeah, that's true. He's a little thicker. Or bus. Um, that's why I was sort of thinking Clooney could still. He's right at the back end of that. Like can still be the everyman where you believe he's like physically able to do it thing. Yeah. But like Wilkinson just he's like a step past it. Yeah, he's just he's just out of the range there. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I would still call this movie totally legit. This I, is... you know, it is. It is totally legit. It's it's not going to move. It's going to continue to be our like staple for what totally legit is as a movie. And this this is perfect. Oh, I didn't even explain like these last two things. I mean, it, recasting should be fairly obvious. It's if it's an old movie, we choose new actors. If it's a new movie, we choose old actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this case of which of the three categories it fits into, we believe there are three action movie categories. There's totally legitimate, which is a movie that we usually use. The Fugitive actually is the example of. And it's perfect. A, a movie that's really, really good. It's a high-quality movie. It feels totally legitimate. It doesn't feel like you're laughing unintentionally or anything. Um, there are movies that are totally ridiculous. That's like Face Off and Con Air, where they're just like very sort of silly. Yeah. And they, they're hard to really feel like you're watching a legitimate movie. It's like they're almost self-aware, but not quite. Mm-hmm. And then there's Legitimately Ridiculous, which is... Uh, that's our pinnacle. Ridiculously right? Legitimate. I guess it could be either one. Yeah, it's either one. Uh, and that's sort of the middle category where it's like it's got a great performance in there. It's super compelling, but it's a little funny maybe unintentionally. But it's just generally awesome. Awesome is the word that I think you described the middle category with the most. Yeah. And uh, that is what... This movie feels totally legit, though. It's totally legit. Like, again, there's that moment. But the reason that we laughed in that moment was because it's what we expect... 20 years later from an action movie yeah. in the 90s is the fist Completely. punch like things like that but in the 90s when watching it you were like oh yeah this is great this is exactly what I want to see totally um, so yeah yeah totally legit on both ends so uh, that is that is it for the show today that wraps us up um, I enjoy doing this show you do? Wait, did I say that out loud? Yeah. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. I love doing this show. <laughs> I'm such a fan. Uh, I, I do love doing this show. You guys have been really pretty wonderful recently as far as just uh, like yeah. checking out the old catalog and like it feels like things are just – we just we get a lot of new people watching these episodes. Do you want to tell them the numbers daily, like what we're getting right now? And like – and we're not bragging by any means. It's this just, is not a number to brag about, but this is like – Yes. It's just like recently we started to notice that like on the whole catalog of movies, like we've just been increasing. I mean, and I, we won't even give a number now because it's just hard to know week to week. Right. But it's we've just been increasing is the point. And it seems like there's more and more people looking at the old episodes. And so it's really cool when I get a tweet or we get a comment or something that'll say I found the show and now I'm binge watching old episodes. Right. And it's just exciting for us. So Yeah. And then another, another person, we introduced movies to them that they'd never seen before, like Speed and Air Force One Speaking and Looper. of which – we yeah. had a contest, and that contest that we ran for the last, I think, eight or nine weeks was yeah. that once we hit 20 reviews on our iTunes, uh, we were going to stop giving these mugs away, and the mugs are now going to be shipped because we know how many we actually have They're to done. order. We're done. You we missed your hit, mug. We hit 22 reviews on iTunes, and the very last one by Prime Shock is the, is the last one we are suggest- we are picking, not because it's the last one, but because it was random. Yep. Uh, and this review states, I'm a huge action movie fan. You guys do an excellent job of breaking down each movie in a way that sells me on why I should see them. You guys have introduced me to Speed, Air Force One, and Looper. Can't wait for more. Hey, can we finally get The Rock? It's the Bible of action movies. Yes, we can get The you Rock. You will get, trust me, we want to do The Rock every single week on this show. We're trying to make The Rock a really special episode. Right. The Rock is, we'll probably come in 2016, so it's the 20-year anniversary mm-hmm. of the movie. Unless we get Ed Harris before then. Yes, but 
when we can get Ed Harris is when we'll do the rock. Yes. Um, and uh, just, you know, hashtag, hashtag get us Ed Harris for the rock. <laughs> uh, that is the deal. So lastly, I will repeat one more time. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. We have a new Twitter account. It is at AMA podcast. Mm-hmm. If we get 100 new Twitter followers, 100 total Twitter followers by next week, we will let you choose which of these 10 movies to have us do on the show, and you will get to either call in or at the very least submit all of your bits and pieces of what we do on the show, your opinions. We will share all of them on the show. Those 10 movies, one more time, are gone in 60 seconds. Face Off, The Edge, Commando, True Lies, The Fast and the Furious, Crimson Tide, The Last Samurai, Die Hard with a Vengeance, and Under Siege. And if you are the selected random Twitter user over those 100 users, if we get to 100, you'll tell us what to do, and we will bring your answers on the show. That's a good list. We're going to do all these movies eventually. Eventually. I love it. I love it. Love you guys. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you all next week. Take care. Oh, wait. Where can they find us? Wait. You got to not say goodbye. Hello? Are we still are we still live, Andrew? Where can people find you? Uh, you guys can find me at Andrew Guy on Twitter. Just going for that hundredth follower. You don't get anything from me though. I'll tweet you. You guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media, Twitter and Instagram, um, mostly Twitter. I'll see you guys next week. Take care, guys. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those